Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Bryan, I'm co-founder and performance director here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the podcast for cycling and triathlon individualized training. I'm delighted to be uh, joined by one of my good friends, uh, Mr. Thomas Desonet uh, from Altitude Training uh, Cycling Camps. Hi Thomas, how are you doing? Hi Pav, I'm very good and you? I do well, thanks man, it's a pleasure to have you on and uh, um, why don't we just jump straight in and uh, tell us a little about how, who you are and uh, your background in cycling. Uh, so my name is Thomas, uh, I'm come from Belgium, I'm a past uh, elite cyclist, um, so I've been fortunate to travel around the road like racing uh, and training pretty much everywhere around the globe. Uh, and right now, um, I'm owning a cycling training camp company, which is based in Belgium. But uh, yeah, we run tours uh, pretty much all around Europe and as well in the US. So this is about my background so far. Absolutely. And uh, you sell yourself a little short there by just saying that you're an elite cyclist or you were. What, how did you do it <laughs> this year's? Was it Strada Bianchi? Yeah, it was. Yeah, but yeah, I won the elite category. But um, for the short story, uh, so I was coming for for the main win for the for the win of the overall of the race. But I, I was in a bad day, uh, so I crossed the finish line, and uh, I didn't even know that I won uh, the elite category. And just a friend called me when I was back at the hotel and tell me like, hey man, you just won the elite category, congrats. <laughs> and I was so surprised because I was already back in the hotel. I was very disappointed because I was coming for the for the main win, but yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to win the elite category on a bad day, that's, uh, that's pretty good. I mean, well done. And uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, your company. What, uh, what's it do? I mean, I, I, I love what you do, and I know a lot about it. But what the listeners want to know, they want to know what, what, what it's about, what you specialize in. So Attitude Training Cycling Camp uh, is a company that organizes cycling tours uh, from beginners to elites, and we even had like a few pro cyclists coming. Uh, so it depends of the uh, of the time of the year, but usually during winters we focus on training camps uh, to put you in, in the right shape to, for the first Grand Fondo or races. And then uh, since we are based in Belgium, uh, we are lucky enough to have. Uh, like many, many major cycling events. And we tend to uh, organize package around um, those events. So if you come in Belgium, uh, you you can pretty much see all the biggest races that you see on TV, like Tour of Flanders, Les Bastogne-Liège, Paris-Roubaix, which is not in Belgium, but right at the border. And I mean, yeah, every big... Uh, Belgium is like a uh, model uh, of cycling, so yeah, absolutely. We are fortunate right. enough to 
you, yeah. and I, I love, uh, I mean, even just looking at some of your like marketing stuff, some of the pictures that you've got of yourself and uh, like the, especially Strada Bianchi, because it's a, a, it's a very special event, isn't it? With quite a bit of uh, gravel, if I'm right, or a, a dirt road, isn't it? And um, it, yeah. it is, it, that is incredible. And it always, uh, it whets my appetite, but I, I don't think that I, you'll find me doing it. But, but certainly we're delighted <laughs> to have you as one of our partners because we, we, we know the value of what you bring. And um, why don't you um, just quickly tell us how we met and what that was about. So actually we met uh, at Route 66 uh, last September, 2018. Um, and then I, I saw one of your posts, I think it was a month ago or something like that. I, yeah. I cannot remember. Uh, I saw one of your posts on Facebook and yeah, you were looking for somebody to help you out, uh, to go through pretty much route 66, uh, who could provide some message, uh, take care of social media and all the stuff. And since uh, I had. Uh, uh, a slight um, a gravel tour happening right after uh, the Route 66 uh, record attempt. I mean, everything went together like perfectly, uh, time wise. And I said, Yeah, why not? I will be in the US anyway. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna come help you out and have a blast and, it was- uh, and enjoy some great experience. It was. It was uh, uh, granted. Granted, we didn't get the end result in terms of beating the record. We did raise a lot of money and awareness for two great mental health charities. But one of the things that I I really value the most is just how close it's brought you and I, Chris, Louis, and and even Alan, like together. It's been a. It was a real bonding experience to to sort of have that that absolute epic pain of me riding like two, 250 miles a day and a lot of swear words and a lot of tears, but it was a, it was a great experience. And hopefully, hopefully my man, you could come back in 2021 when we, uh, uh, 2020 rather next year, when we, we aim to, uh, to smash the record, uh, and it would be epic. So yeah, it was, it was a pleasure having you there. You did a very good job of our social media and, uh, and, and massaging me being our physio for the day. Um, let's go back to talking about camps. What's your favorite camp? Ooh, that's a tough question. Actually. Um, I really, really like the study Bianchi because this is a course that suits me pretty well. And this is so iconic. I mean, it has the best, the most beautiful finish line you can ever dream of. Like in a very hot city of Siena, uh, I mean, the atmosphere around all the Grand Fondo, it's just crazy. Uh, you got the two pro race uh, on Saturday, so the men and women pro race, and then you race on the same route on the next on the next day on Sunday. So that's pretty dope. Uh, there is plenty of spectators around and... So I think that took the crown for me, but I mean, there is so many. Uh, The Utah gravel tour last year was pretty dope. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that looked incredible. I mean, if I hadn't have been recovering from Route 66, you might have got me on that. (laughs) Even even though you know how much I hate gravel. (laughs) But um, what I I would love to do is uh, obviously go through um some of the specifics of a camp for, for the listeners that listen to this what i want for the end the takeaway for to be is uh um to 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 mainly be able to understand how to pick 
a camp based on uh, themselves. So uh, by the end of this podcast, what I really want is for everybody to be able to go, okay, well, this is a camp that's going to suit me because uh, I am this person and this camp matches my ability. Because I, I can imagine that as a tour operator, as a camp operator, you, you do get scenarios where you have people turn up that are either uh, not quite fit enough or too too good for for the level of the group and i guess that sometimes that can be problematic i mean um I, what i want to do is i want to make sure that everybody that listens to this can go away with confidence and pick a camp that works so um that's what i want the end result to be but um i mean just personally back to you what's your dream destination where in the world could would you ride your bike um i mean right now uh, my dream destination is japan because uh, I'm in love with the country, the cultures, and everything around it. Uh, so I would love, love to explore that country. Um, but that's my dream destination right now. Uh, but every time I go on Instagram or social media, or and, and I see all the pictures, like yesterday, for example, I've seen pictures of people riding gravel in Iceland. And oh, I really? found that like, really dope. Well, <laughs> yeah, that'd be epic. That'd be a so, really cool place to ride a bike. Oh, that, that looks epic. Um, but I mean, there is so many places to visit. It's uh, I don't think I have enough of my life to to visit everything. So yeah, absolutely, I'm trying to, absolutely. I mean, to that's the world is a really big place and I think we're even even with a lifetime uh, I don't think we'll ever be able to ride everywhere in the world that that could uh, could appeal I mean uh, let's talk about camps what for those people who have never been on a camp um, what's the experience like maybe take us on a, a journey between like the arrival day and the departure day uh, so we take off all our clients uh, as soon as they land at the airport. Um, so we take care of the transfer to the hotel and in between hotels, if we if we change of hotels during the camp, uh, so we take care of the luggage, we have a mechanics uh, with us who, who is uh, helping you on building back your bike. Uh, he's helping you uh, uh, to, if you got any issue really, um, we have uh, therapists uh, on several occasions. Uh, so what we want to give our customers is a pro-like experience. So uh, we want them to feel like they are part of a pro team, uh, but w without the inconvenience of <laughs> uh, sleeping early, uh, not drinking alcohol if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, the, the good side of the pro life absolutely like so uh, they're taking care of the bike are cleaned every day uh, things like that the pro experience but for for people who want to drink uh, that sounds like an incredible marketing uh, strategy <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know we are I'm Belgium, so the, the beers are pretty famous here so it's like you know in our culture <laughs> beer and waffles beer and waffles man <laughs> beer and waffles. Uh, <laughs> that's like uh so um how does someone determine i mean what would you say you've got to have this question quite a bit somebody comes to you and says i really like the look of your camp but i don't know if i'm fit enough to join what's your response uh usually i ask them if uh, they took part if in any camp before 
if uh, they have any experience on some event, uh, if they rode ground fundos or um, uh, what's their experience on the bike. And if in the case it doesn't suit that camp, I would advise them to choose some, maybe something they would enjoy a bit more or depending of uh, which kind of customers uh, I already reg uh, have registered at the camp. Uh, I mean, they might be able to uh, to be on the same level at, as the other guy. Or, or yeah, it really depends from case to case. If I can say that like that, because I mean, if I take uh, the Grand Fondo camps, usually you can have like pretty much every level of people because you have two days before the Grand the Grand Fondo where we do a recon. And then during the Grand Fondo, everybody uh, is uh, on, your own, on his own pace. So, I mean, you don't have to be super fast to be with the group or, or anything. You just ride your pace and enjoy the Grand Fondo. And yeah, so it really depends from case to case. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a really, a really good a good point. I, I mean, for somebody who is maybe who's never been on a camp, I mean, what's a good starting point? Where would you recommend people start for their first ever camp? Uh, maybe a Grand Fondo, uh, yeah. because those camps are, are shorter. And usually before the Grand Fondo, uh, most of the group ride easy because um, everybody wants to save uh, the legs uh, for, the main, uh, for the main event. So yeah, that that keeps the group together, and then during the grand fondo, everybody can go on, the, on his own pace, and everybody. I mean, you always can find a, um, a group to ride with during the grand fondo, even even if it's not with a all personal group, because everybody's gonna split anyway during a race. It's our race, it is. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, absolutely. A grand fondo will be a nice start. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good uh, good tip for somebody looking at a camp, like a, a warm up or a, an introduction, like week into a, into a Grand Fondo. And uh, like you say, that's the best thing about doing them in in sort of Belgium and places like that. The classics is. Uh, uh, that you do often get to either watch the um, the pro version the day before or the day after. I think with Paris Roubaix um, was the day after for me, and uh, I still remember um, the cobbles there. And that's probably why you you might not get me to come back. But uh, <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's a fantastic experience that everybody should do at least once. And uh, um, I guess what advice have you got for someone looking at camps? Maybe if money wasn't an option, what would be the, the camp that they should do? Um, depending where they are coming from, um, if they are coming from the US, uh, you should definitely do all the classics in Belgium <laughs> because this is the, the bread and butter from, of cycling. The, the, the culture of cycling is... Is really in Belgium. Belgium is, is breathing and eating cycling every day. It's crazy. I had many people from the US coming uh, in Europe during the classics, and they said they've never seen that much passion about the sport before. Um, and uh, if you're living in, in uh, the UK or anywhere in Europe, uh, you should try out Utah, uh, gravel to Utah if you are uh, into gravel. This is fantastic because that place is is like nowhere else. There's 
this is my favorite state of the US by by far. Well, I just stick, that, I'll have to stick the arm in here for California. I've got to say California is pretty good. <laughs> Not that I'm biased. Uh, but uh, yeah, Utah Utah's a special place. I mean, I've I've been lucky enough to ride in um, quite a few of the states in America. And yeah, for someone who's a, a European, I, I definitely recommend that they make that make that move to come out here and uh, uh, and have a look around because you've got that the, the almost European East Coast where it is very much still kind of influenced by that all the way to the sort of uh, Latin Spanish sort of Mexican uh, West Coast and, and then the deep south and and everywhere in between it's uh, especially like we, we saw it all on Route 66 didn't we there was uh, places where we didn't want to leave yeah. uh, like uh, some places in Arizona and like Petrified National Forest and um, and then there was places where we didn't want to stop as well wasn't there there's a few places in I think Kansas where we were like I don't want to stop here for oh, too long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The Midwest. <laughs> the Midwest, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, beautiful places to ride a bike, but um, as, uh, some, of the, some of the cultures are a little bit closed. So I think that the top tip for riding in America is maybe go where the cycling is. So you've got places like Asheville or um, Utah, of course, you've got Colorado and the Rockies and everything like that. So there's some oh, amazing places. Yeah. But but yeah, if you're if you're a gravel fan and you want to come to the states, yeah, check out Thomas's um, uh, Utah gravel camps because uh, yeah, the pictures that you were sending out on social media they were just incredible. They were really really good, man. So uh, I, I mean, yeah. I definitely I definitely will will come with you one day and uh, and uh, we'll have to get similar. I don't know, I'll get a fat bike or something and not <laughs> so I don't fall off. <laughs> Uh, but uh, um, let's talk about more maybe for people on a budget. What would you recommend? I mean, for somebody um, who's looking for a, a, like a, a cheap warm up camp for the season, or maybe like a, something over the winter, just keep their their mind occupied and uh, uh, their kind of like interest in cycling and their motivation high. Um, I think like uh, training camp in Calpe uh, during the winter is would be a great option. Um, First, you, you, you can escape the bad weather. Uh, if you're in the UK or in Belgium, you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can come in Spain and enjoy some summer uh, and great uh, quality training. And uh, it's going to set up your, your season to new heights. Uh, I mean, you, you, you put the base of uh, your season during winters. So winter training is very important. So if you start in cycling, uh, Focusing on, on your winter, winter training um, will be really good. Uh, we say like uh, winter mice, summer mice, and that's that's really true. Yeah, that's absolutely. Really yeah. Winter miles, summer smiles. Yeah, and uh, you you yeah. had your best season this year, didn't you? Based on uh, on the amount of riding that you did in Calpe, and uh, I mean Calpe is uh, somewhere that I wasn't too familiar with coming from the UK. And uh, uh, typically, when people talk about doing a winter camp, they're going like Mallorca or they're going Tenerife or or somewhere like that. But Calpe is really becoming up. Well, it's up and coming, isn't it? It's it's really quite exciting yeah. and. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about who you bump into because I know that there's a lot of pro teams that base themselves in that in that region now, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I, I think you you can find pretty much between seventy and eighty percent of the pro peloton in Calpe during winter. So yeah, that, that that's a crazy place. You you have more protein than uh, the Tour de France has, <laughs> which that's is awesome. pretty crazy. <laughs> 
yeah. Uh, so last winter, uh, I spent uh, two and a half months there. And uh, I don't know how many pro riders I've seen, but I, I rode across all the pro proton. While we're not a fan of name dropping and we don't want to seem like that, can you? Who is the most like? Who's the the funnest or like the most accommodating person you bumped into? Because I guess you get to speak to quite a few of them, don't you? Uh, yes. So I know personally uh, quite a few pro riders. Um, I mean, I, I went on training with uh, Philippe Gilbert, uh, who won Paris Roubaix this year. I went training with uh, Craig Van Avermaet. Uh, I went with uh, several time with uh, uh, pro team like uh, La Française des Jeux, uh, Quick Step, uh, which are the Wanty Group Gobert. Uh, those three teams that are riding the Tour de France right now. <laughs> so yeah, there is quite a fair bit of, of pros there. And yeah, if you know them, uh, they are they always welcome you in the group. Oh, that's uh, really cool. But, yeah. It is, yeah, that's that's like um, a really nice touch, isn't it? Can you imagine? And it's and and just it is really affordable, isn't it? A calpe with your camps. This is. I, I was quite surprised at just how how affordable it is. What what's the kind of price that you you charge for a week on that? Um, for uh, the the full package at the hotel, uh, full board uh, was around a thousand euros. I mean that's a that's a very good rate, isn't it? We're talking um, especially like with with the weather. You've got the good rides, the uh, the good training, the chance to meet uh, some new professional cycling friends. I mean, I think that's a rip your arm off kind of uh, uh, kind of a amount of money there. Um, let's circle back around. Talk a bit about how an individual should approach their 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 camps let's just say i i'm here you you know me how would how would you recommend a a, a camp based on me now for the for the people at home who don't know me i'm I, i'm 30 odd years old and uh, i i ride a bike uh, quite well i'm not not good enough to be professional um Thomas, you would say that I'm overweight. Uh, probably not quite in those words that, uh, that kind. But uh, and, and my speciality is ultra endurance. What? How would you? How would you help me pick a camp? And then hopefully that we can diagnose this and, and help others that uh, uh, identify how they would pick a camp. Um, so first, uh, I would ask you like a few questions. Uh, like uh, your past experience, uh, what kind of riding do you like? Uh, have you ever been to um, places uh, where we organize tours? So I don't advise you some places that you, you've been before. And then uh, knowing you, uh, since you are uh, an endurance rider, um, I would choose something maybe challenging. Uh, and maybe more of a point-to-point tours, uh, like we've done two years ago in nowhere, uh, where we rode across uh, the Norwegian f- uh, fjords. Nice. Um, yeah, so I would advise, advise you something like this. Excellent. Uh, so we're saying then that um, the let everybody that's listening at home first thing they should do is obviously make sure that they're picking a camp that specializes in the type of riding they do so if they're uh, uh, maybe if they do uh, road riding um, then it's obviously going to be pre- predominantly on the roads and if there's gravel riding involved then pick gravel but but actually interestingly there if if you're somebody who is uh, 
looking for more of a challenge um, and uh, is very good at, at long distances and recovering day to day, then actually a point to point camp is a, a really good option. That's a really good point. And then obviously trying to pick somewhere where you've not been before, which is a, a great, a great, uh, great point as well. I mean, well, why, why do we need to keep visiting the same places when, when we've got a world that is as beautiful as it is? So, um, and then, and yep. then realistically, I guess what you're saying there is um, leave it to the tour operator to ask a few questions and uh, about about the athletic performance about your athletic performance and and what the tour operator will do is um is analyze whether or not you're going to be suitable for either this group that group or not for the tour at all and i i presume really you would rather you would rather tell someone that they're not suitable for the for one of your camps than to bring them along and then have a a terrible time is that right yeah, obviously, uh, what we want to, to give our customers a, as an experience is something that they enjoy uh, from the, the time they, uh, they land at the airport until they, they leave us. So, yeah, if they're not fit enough, unfortunately, for some event, uh, we, we will tell them before uh, getting registered to it. Uh, because otherwise, they won't enjoy it. It's going to be too tough uh, difficult for them and so there, there won't be in, uh, any fun for them if I can say it like that yeah absolutely that makes complete sense it's that's really good to hear um, that actually you have that responsibility and uh, you would rather turn away the business than bring someone on and uh, and then have a bad time. I think that that's really like, uh, I have a lot of respect for that because uh, it, it shouldn't be just about making money. It should be about the customer experience. And I know that's one of the things that you value really highly. So uh, that's good for, I'm sure the listeners will, will see that and hold that in just a high regard as I do. Um, I guess let's talk a little bit about how if someone now we've picked the camp, um, what's your advice maybe a month before the camp or a week before the camp? What should people be doing? Oh, that's that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that I should answer that because I'm the coach. But but have you got do you, do you have any advice around that? I mean, what I want to do is as a coach if i give you my if i have a lot of people who who are like that my clients over the years that told me they're going on this camp and they're going on that camp and uh, and depending on the type of camp it can be quite challenging i mean i i've even had clients who uh, who were like at a level where they they were just being coached for a camp where they were going on like um, I think now the null redundant Stephen Roach uh, or whoever sorry uh, the, in the Mallorca the camps that they no longer run anymore but there was I had people who would like actually engage in my services just so that they would get fit enough to be able to enjoy a camp um, but this, that raises a really interesting question because if you're not ev not everybody's using a camp for the same reason some people are using the camp for just to get away for a mini holiday some people are using it as a an event but a lot of people are using it as a a, a, a boost in fitness it's like a week off work and you go away and you just get a lot of miles hours in the saddle done and you get that post camp boost but obviously there's a there's a management factor from a coaching point of view and i'm wondering if you have any advice on how people should uh, approach maybe at least the week before or the week after and how just to make sure that they get that performance boost oh uh, so maybe the week before um just be sure to uh, not put um more hours than, than you should on the bike so you you can start the, the camp um fit and fresh 
uh, because otherwise, if if you can uh, come at the camp and uh, it's um, uh, you, you 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 might be uh, overtrained or or anything, and you won't get that uh, boost that Pavi is talking about. So it's very important to to come at the the camp fresh and rested, uh, and uh, and in good health, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to add in there. It's, it's 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 very interesting, isn't it? Because while while we're not suggesting that you would really necessarily taper into a camp, actually, what we are saying is that if depending on your level of cycling and and how much you've been doing, if you if you ride five to eight hours a week and you're going to go on a camp, which could be. 20 or more hours the last thing that you want to do like you said Thomas was is come into the camp in an overtrained sort of fatigued state because not only are you not going to enjoy it because you're going to suffer with fatigue and burnout and everything like that but actually all you're doing is making your situation a lot worse so from a coaching aspect having an easier week at least an easier week leading into it where you can recover and refresh and your body can get ready for that next stage which is going to be like potentially a quite challenging but yet enjoyable camp uh, is, is something that uh, is really crucial so for those people that are listening to the podcast right now and are now like uh, really considering it if you're if you're not going to pick a coach to help you integrate this into your training that I would just try to make sure that you uh, time your easier weeks uh, to be right before the camp so that you could be fresh I mean Thomas what about the week after though what are you what do you think because I've seen it too too often as well people they go away for a week and they come back and they feel really good uh, in most cases because they're they're quite fresh still they've they're really invigorated they've ridden a bike a lot they've seen some amazing stuff and they want to go out and ride and ride and ride but what do you think people should really be doing like uh, just after the camp um maybe taking uh one or two days of rest and then depending of your or your body react uh, i mean some people they can go and smash some big hours like straight away uh if you know that kind of people uh, maybe an uh, extra rest uh, might be required so it really depends uh, i mean uh, if you if you have a coach uh, that is taking care of you uh make sure he's uh, really checking uh your tss and everything um because this is the moment that um you, you might have a boost, so it's very important to 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 double check everything. Yeah, absolutely. And just that. just for the people who are listening that don't understand what TSS is, that's training stress score. And basically, uh, the the outline of that is is that it's intensity multiplied by duration, um, and that gives you a score which you can use with enough data. You can use to to work out exactly how hard an effort is, or a, a session, or in this case, a week. So we might be talking about people who are doing about three to 500 uh, training stress score points per week on average outside of a camp. Now, that's a moderate week. And again, it's all relative because for some people, that'll be a big week. Some people, that'll be an easier week. But then they come away and they do a camp and that could be pushed up into the thousands. I mean, really, you're talking about you potentially doubling it. Um, and, and I think what you're saying, Thomas, is that yes, definitely the recovery aspect is the most crucial part of the week after. And it's I agree, a couple of days off isn't going to hurt anybody. And then depending on how different that jump between your average and the amount that you, uh, the TSS, or you can work out in hours or anything like that, 
that the difference between what you do as average and what you did on that week is really going to help you determine exactly how much recovery you need. Because the last thing that you want is to spend like a thousand euros a week of your time. You might enjoy it, but you, the, the, you're almost certainly your primary goal here is going to be to kickstart your season, like to, to give it a boost. Uh, and give your training a, a nice boost. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to neglect the recovery, which will then lead to like over overtraining syndrome or something like that. And uh, uh, and then you're just going to see your performance plateau and then eventually dive off a cliff. So uh, yeah, I agree. A couple of days off isn't going to hurt you. And then look, really looking at exactly how uh, how that factors in and and treating the camp like uh, almost like a crash week, like a real big week, which is is just it's going to push you on a lot more than like the typical three-week training and one-week off cycle as long as you do get that recovery sorted. So I think the takeaway here is is any of this is confusing uh, any of the listeners, please do feel free to get an email and get in touch by email. Obviously, mine is pav at spokes.fit or you could go on the Spokes website, which is uh, spokes.fit and, uh, and, and and you can either get a free consultation with a Spokes coach who can help you with that or or you if you're, if you're joining Thomas on a camp, I know that Thomas can put us in touch and we can, we, we want to make sure that you really enjoy your camps as much as uh, you enjoy your training so uh, if you're not confident enough to go alone that is where you should in, in, engage with a coach because uh, let's just we, we talk about the, the fees for coaching versus camps but it's all it's all relative again but we that's all synergistic and uh, just to, to drop my book in my book is available right now as well I a seamless little plug it but go on Amazon type in the guide to truly effective cycling there's a lot of background information that you'll be able to take away and plan in uh, exactly how you should sort of prepare your training so uh, Thomas I'd really like to thank you for your time today it's been really really good and I'm hoping that all the listeners can uh, can use this information to determine exactly what camp they're going to go on and uh, uh, what's your website address so that people can go check out some of your camps uh, so, so yeah you you can check out uh, all our event on www.attitudetraining-camp.com and everything is listed uh, on here Absolutely. And uh, anybody that's interested in any any coaching or uh, preparation, help with integrating a camp into uh, into their uh, um, training, obviously check out Spokes and get yourself a free 30 minute consultation. Uh, Thomas, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, no doubt we will have you on again at some point. Uh, maybe we'll do another special Route 66 episode. Um, we'll probably probably have you come out to and visit us in Mallorca in the winter as well and we could do some uh, some epic uh, epic content surrounding camps and everything so uh, Thomas love it thank you very much man and uh, we will speak again soon listeners thank you for listening uh, make sure that you give us a like give us a review uh, and obviously subscribe on whatever method you're listening on whether that's Podbean iTunes Spotify or any of the other good uh, broadcasting services thank you man it's been a pleasure it's been my pleasure too excellent take care and uh, we'll speak soon